evil is amongst us. Stay back, boy. This calls for divine intervention. I kick ass for the Lord. Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 78. On our way to 100 and I can't wait to get there. It's going to yeah. be towards the end of the year. Uh, we're going to be hitting up that 100 centennial mark. And of course it'll be um, a movie of the week. Uh, it's Jesslyn's pick, but it's kind of our pick. Yeah. Uh, it's already planned out. I'm not going to say what it is. It's an awesome movie. So yeah, I can't wait for that to happen. We'll have some past guests on hopefully. will like to join us and have a quite a few people for episode 100 Mm -hmm. but for now we're on episode 78 and we've got a lot of time before then and unfortunately we haven't watched all that much this week so we really have one movie to talk about yeah i mean i was out of town you watched some of the that hateful eight miniseries yes yeah and it was pretty cool i didn't get to finish it yet it's pretty much just the movie cut into four parts with some added stuff in it uh i guess i really couldn't tell what was added uh, I guess I'll have to wait for the last episode. I haven't watched it yet, but I will get there. And there was one other thing that we watched together, which was, like, it was really unfunny, and it was supposed to be funny, <laughs> but it was probably one of the most unfunniest things I've, I've ever, not ever seen, but it, it was really unfunny, and it was the uh, an anniversary or whatever of laughing, and it's on Netflix, and it's still laughing, right? Um, so they, it, it, if you haven't seen Laughing, well, you're probably not that old. It was an older show from like the 60s and, and 70s. And it was groundbreaking in its time. Yes. I will give it that. But its time has ended. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how like Saturday Night Live has changed throughout time and, yeah. and gotten with the times. They get like mm-hmm. new cast members and everything. Of course, this show ended, so they never really got any of that. But it was it was back then. Fine. But then they did this still laughing thing, and it was unfunny. Um, I laughed maybe twice, and it wasn't even at something that was funny. It was just something that was bad. <laughs> they even had the creator of Blackish say something like, Oh, everybody's so easily offended now. <laughs> yes, I got fired. And I was like, Okay, well, I've only watched a few episodes of Blackish, but I think I know why you got fired. No. <laughs> I mean, ugh. I don't yeah, know. It Did was, he sell his soul, or does he really believe that? Right, and there's a bunch of people there. They're like, "Did you sell your soul, or how, <laughs> you must have gotten a lot of money to do this?" Because they yeah. had like Neil Patrick Harris, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Rob Riggle. Well, he'll do anything. A little bit. Tiffany yeah. <laughs> Haddish was the most like, "Why are you Why here? Why are you here? Like, you're the hot new star. Yeah. Like, you're doing this. You know, well, okay." Probably wants some more money. That's cool. Goldie <laughs> Hawn did not return, and I was relieved. <laughs> yeah, your biggest star to come out of that. Probably the didn't best even part of that show. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like nah. <laughs> like when she was showing up in movies, they were like, "Oh, she was the bimbo from uh, Laughing." 
She was like the hippie girl. And... But she is, I mean, the parts that I chuckled at were Goldie Hawn parts, I think. <laughs> I didn't even chuckle at those. It's just, yeah, like you said, Saturday Night Live has grown up with us, and their jokes are different now. Right, yeah. Um, and Laugh-In, this Laugh-In tribute made no attempt to do that. I don't know, I guess it's not the same thing, because SNL has continued, like you right, said, in exactly. Laugh-In, this was just a tribute, but there was some, I mean, some of the things they said on Laugh-In made me cringe when I was a child, and made me <laughs> extra cringe Two days ago. <laughs> like, four days ago. Whatever. It was the other day. Parents liked it, though, it seemed. They did. Well, and this was, you know, Baby Boomers right. show. This Definitely. Was, this was their jam back in the day. And it was, like I said, groundbreaking at the time. I'm not faulting my parents for <laughs> Not. But I found it cringeworthy. <laughs> I almost didn't want to bring it up, too, because I didn't want to, like, shit all over something they liked, you know? Yeah. Uh... But yeah, I had to say it. I'm sorry. Don't watch this thing. They're way never... behind on the podcast. They probably won't even remember okay, watching good. it. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not insulting you, mom and dad, or your generation, or your age. But okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I am insulting laughing. <laughs> well, luckily we had something to, uh, you know, wash out the taste of this filth from our mouths <laughs> with a pretty decent glass of water, which was the movie Overlord, which we yes. um, we didn't see in the theaters, and we but we finally saw it uh, on demand. An extended cut, An extended I think. cut, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have nothing to base this. I don't have the original to base this on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I thought it was pretty good. Me you know, too. I didn't see any real, like... Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of do just a little bit. There, uh, some parts are kind of slow moving, and they seem like they could have been cut out to make the movie move yeah. along a little bit faster. I'm sure it's a few parts that are that deal with inside the house. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a few parts from there. Maybe just some other uh, explosions of people <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a, it was a cool concept. Uh, the beginning of the movie. Grab me right away. That their 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 uh their flights towards their destination in World War Two was awesome. I thought it was yeah. great. It was explosions and violence, and it was just, it kept me on the edge of my seat. Even though I knew which characters were going to survive, because of course you know, uh, they did this, actually they did this movie pretty well with introducing you to characters, yeah. As opposed to other movies where they kind of force it down your throat. Uh, our introduction to the characters are about one minute. Mm-hmm. And they all have a few lines, and you get the, the gist of them, and then that's it. Good. There you go. These are your people. You're on your way. Unlike some movies where they have to give a big backstory, or they have to like pause the movie for a second to show you what their name is and what their attributes are. Yeah, and like they, a flashback of something right. crazy that they did. Yeah, yeah, you don't need that shit. They, this happened right away, and it was good for that. They, that's all you needed. That's all you needed. And, uh, yeah, I liked the movie a lot. You um, you couldn't keep your eyes off Wyatt Russell. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, when we watched the Black Mirror that Wyatt Russell is in, it was long before I didn't know his name, and it never occurred to me that he would be anybody. And then I looked him up, and as I'm, I looked at his name, and then I looked at his picture, and then I looked at his name again, 
And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so obviously where I'm going with this is that it's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Yeah. And now that I know it, I can't not see it in everything he does. Right. He do, he's got the sneer. He's got that glimmer in his eye. It's all there. And I, I also want to say he's his own actor, but I'm not quite sure I believe that yet. <laughs> I need to see him in more stuff. Now, when I didn't know it in Black Mirror, I liked him a lot. Yeah, so he was cool. Maybe he is his own actor, and I'm just, now I can't unsee Kurt Russell. He, you? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, you know, he reminds me of uh, this roommate I used to have back when I was, like, in my early 20s. We worked at, like, the same bar. He was an older guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, like, an old army ranger, and he... Um, like, he knew how to fight and stuff. He's a really nice guy, but he kind of looks just like Wyatt Russell in a way. <laughs> so whenever I see him, I think of, like, my old roommate. Okay, and not Kurt Russell. <laughs> not Kurt Russell. But right. then, you know, you hear him talk, and and I, I swear, as soon as Wyatt Russell has a role where he's asking, like, a shit ton of questions, then that's going to be like, oh, okay, that's Kurt yeah. Russell's son. Because if you ever watch Big Trouble in Little China... the grand majority of his lines in that movie are questions. Right. There's, like, a... a on YouTube, you can look online, where it's just a cut of all of uh, Kurt Russell's questions in Big Trouble in Little China. It's, it's like <laughs> 10 minutes long. It's hilarious. Okay. Maybe even longer. Because this, I mean, this is a much more <clears throat> serious role, so I kept seeing McCready. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, true. Very yeah. true. That was more of a McCready role mm-hmm. than a silly, goofy role. Um, more like, uh, more of his character in Black Mirror, where he's kind of more of a goofy kind of guy, you know? He is. He, you know what? And I, I should keep thinking of Black Mirror, because I really liked him in that, and I yeah, had no good. idea who he was. So I should shut up about who his parents are and just enjoy him as an actor, because I like him yeah. a lot. Yeah, he, yeah. He, was, he was fun. He's a, he's a fun actor. There's some other good actors in here, too. Uh, no one ever really took me out of anything. It was it was a pretty cool World War Two slash zombie movie, yeah. in a way, or, or a mutant movie, or whatever, how you want to say it. I think they kept, or at least... I felt like the trailers didn't give that away from me. Or maybe mm. I only saw a teaser trailer. Because right. I only knew it was a horror movie set in World War II. I didn't know right. what the monster was. Right. And it did take a while to actually get to the monsters in mm-hmm. this movie. And I think a lot of people might have had a problem with that. But I think this movie worked a lot more by not doing that. And really setting up with like your, your characters and your different situations in this film. And then f- getting glimpses of what's going on. Yeah. Instead of them totally just having zombies and mutants and shit run amok on you, and mm-hmm. then the, the movie would have been would have been a little more boring. But with um, when you when they get to the uh, resistance fighter's house, uh, and then you get to see a glimpse of her mother who's been infected by this serum that the Nazis are using mm-hmm. to make super soldiers, that was good. I mean, that, that really helped the film out, I believe, than just throwing a bunch of zombies in your face and you having to endure that for the, the last half of the movie. Yeah. So I think this movie really was well done, and yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't have the original to base it off of, the original cut of the movie. Yeah, we should have watched that first. Yeah, because like when we watched Deadpool, uh, we saw, of course, in the theater, and then we watched the extended cut of it, and it was, I don't know, it just didn't work all that well, and I was kind of turned off by that extended Deadpool 2 cut. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to include all of Ryan Reynolds' jokes. Right. Exactly. Not yeah. all of them hit, man. Mm-hmm. That's, you know... Yeah. <sighs> I will so we we are gonna see Grey Worm in this movie. Grey Worm is in the and movie. Also, you're on fucking Greyjoy. So <laughs> up and ruin everything just like you're in Greyjoy does. <laughs> What's that actor's name? I can't pronounce it. Pilu Pilu Asbeck. Asbeck. 
No okay. offense to the actor at all. <laughs> he's, he's cast as a type, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's very nice. Fun fact, he used to nanny Jamie Lannister's children in real life. Nikolai also, I can't pronounce his name yeah. either, yeah. Dutch names. <laughs> Who knew, right? So he got to like nearly kill his boss on screen in Game of Thrones. That's pretty cool. Yeah, good for him. But yeah. I got off track. It's okay. I do it all the time. <laughs> so we were watching uh, uh, TV the other day, and you know we usually just stream things. We don't watch cable anymore. We don't really watch... TV with like commercials and shit. I, I hate commercials now, mm-hmm. and so I like going at my speed. So um, we were just watching our, our Amazon Fire Stick going through shit, and our internet started to act all messed up. There was going a bad storm. Yeah, so, it was a bad yeah. storm. Blah blah whatever. <laughs> Make some shit that can handle storms. How about that? Okay, <laughs> you know if houses you know were kept falling down during storms, don't you think they you know they need bigger and better ones, right? Why don't you yeah do that? Yeah, climate is changing, yeah. and storms are getting worse. Neither here nor there. So right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so we had to throw in a Blu-ray, and Jesslyn was like, "Hey, uh, Dark Knight." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then we started. We watched the whole movie, and there's a part in the movie where you really get pumped up. Which part is that again? There are so many parts, but the one that comes to mind immediately is uh, at the Ritz Ritzy party at Bruce Wayne's house. When Maggie Gyllenhaal, Rachel, is defending herself, and the Joker goes, I like you. You've got a little fight in you. And then Batman goes, then you're going to love me. Punches him in the face. So, so then uh, I asked you um, later on, well, you were like, doesn't this like movie like really pump you up? Doesn't this scene like really yeah. pump you up? And I'm like... You know, I like Batman, and I think The Dark Knight is the best Batman movie. It's an incredible film. Of all time, yeah. I think maybe one of the best films of all time, honestly, for me. Yeah, for you? Okay. Um, To me, I think it's a great movie. There are some flaws in it. Um, Some of the fight scenes, to me, aren't really all that great. I don't think um, What's-His-Face is that good uh, at um, hand-to-hand combat scenes. Uh, Christian Bale? No, the director. What's his face? Oh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Okay. That's not his strong suit. I gotcha. There's just a few scenes. And if you ever watch Dark Knight Rises, when there's a fight with Batman and Catwoman, they're fighting, and they're, like, fighting these thugs, and they beat them all at the same time, and they start walking together away, you know, because they just took out a bunch of guys. If you look at the background, there's a guy, like, ten feet away from Catwoman who doesn't get hit or anything, but he acts like he gets hit and he flops on the ground. Falls down. Yeah, I gotta show you that part. It's ridiculous. All right, well, yeah, fight scenes I'm not good at. I don't really notice if they're good or bad. I notice if you're shaking the camera so much I can't see it. Right, exactly. There's, like, close-ups of the fight. You don't get to see, like, most of their body. It's... It it can get kind of maddening sometimes watching that stuff. But, um... And then I asked you um, for the podcast, because we're going to do our uh, three favorite scenes in film that really, like, yoke us up. They're like, yes, all right, like, come on, motherfucker, kind of thing, you know. Um, uh, You saw part of it one time when we went and saw the Avengers uh, Endgame, Mm -hmm. where I got all yoked up at one part. And I rarely ever speak up at a theater, but I was like, Mm -hmm. I won't say the part, but I'm sure everyone's seen that movie by now. And if you haven't... 
whatever, who cares? I won't say anything anyway. Oh, really? Oh, fine, fuck it. It's the part where yeah. uh, Captain America picks up Thor's hammer. Because mine is an honorable mention from that, from Endgame, too. Right. <laughs> and it's when Falcon comes in on Cap on Cap's uh, walkie-talkie. On your right, goes, yeah. On your left. On your left, And sorry. then they all show up! Yes. And everything's going to be great. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that part was for you. I thought that was great. But mm-hmm. then, you know, Cap picks up the hammer... That's, That's cool. my part. Yeah. Uh, your first movie or your first scene were uh, that that really really pumped you up. Okay, so the first one that I thought of off the top of my head was Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. when she stabs that pig and like <laughs> rips his mouth open um, and says something like, "I've slaughtered bigger pigs than you." <laughs> so, I know exactly when it's going to happen, and I get so excited. <laughs> yeah. All right, you. Uh, my first is, I'm sure it's not a surprise, um, I'm actually somewhat going to cheat on this one, because it's from the same movie, but there's two parts that equally kind of yoke me up. Uh, of course, the movie's Aliens, mm-hmm. and it's the first, uh, it's the scene where the Marines are entering, you know, the hive of the aliens, and they get, you know, they're told that they can't use their guns, you know, um, then, you know, the aliens attack, and Ripley's telling him, you know, uh, you know, yeah, get your men out of there, Gorman. And mm-hmm. Gorman doesn't know what the fuck to do. And then Ripley's like, fuck this. And then she goes to the car, and then she starts pulling out. And then as soon as Gorman goes, Ripley, what the fuck? And what then he the heads there, and then, and then she pulls the fuck out. And then James Horner starts blasting the fucking music in there. <laughs> and she's rolling through. like, And, and the, long, for the longest time, I didn't know this until I watched like documentaries of the movie, is that with that big ass metal car that they have, that transport they have, uh, really couldn't move all that well. So they did it. They did miniatures in like hallways and stuff, and I couldn't notice. And it took years for me to really just wow. kind of pan in to where she's driving to get the soldiers. And that's a model. That's like a remote control car almost. That's not the the, the car they're driving. Wow. I know. Yeah. James Cameron's a master. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I, mean, so I also agree that the face huggers look so real oh, in that yes. scene where they're trapped in the room with them. And even when I saw oh, how no. they did oh, it. Oh, when they're, um, they're trapped in the room with... With the face huggers. When oh. she and Newt are trapped in that oh, room. Oh, that's... That's a different part. That's not what I'm talking about. I know. I'm oh, just oh, saying... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I never would have guessed that was a model. I heard what okay. you said. Right, right. Yeah. But also... Even after I found out how they did that face hugger scene with puppets, right? Yeah, I still it boggles my mind. They look totally yeah. organic to me. Right? Yeah, they do. That's no. I'm sorry. Really I was agreeing no, okay. with you. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, that whole scene where she's just driving through, and then you have the soldiers fighting all the aliens, and Ripley just takes control, and Gorman, Gorman's trying to stop her, and then Burke's like, "You had your chance, Gorman," and he like, <laughs> Gorman totally fucked everything up, and and they're blasting through things. She busts through that wall. Yeah, that whole scene. And then the other part of Aliens that really get me gets me yoked up is when um, Ripley has Newt towards the end, and she they're going. Um, she just saves um, Newt from the hive, you know, the queen and everything. And then they're escaping through the elevator. The whole place is gonna blow. Bishop's supposed to be waiting for him there, mm-hmm. and then he's not there. And she's like, "Close your eyes, baby." And then fucking Bishop just arrives. The music comes up again, and they get the fuck out of there and blow the place. And yeah, that's 
my first pick for those parts that really like get you yoked up. And you can see my the hair on my I arms know. right now yep. just talking about these scenes because they're just so impactful. You know, it's just. I didn't pick any alien scenes. Well, no, no, it's that one for me, the one you just mentioned, the, uh-huh. where Bishop shows up. But then also, get away from her, you bitch, obviously. Yes, yes. But I didn't pick those because I figured that you would pick <laughs> at least one of those. So, yeah. uh, okay, your next one? My next one um, is more uh, of a contemporary one. It's Wonder Woman when she walks out onto the battlefield. I saw this movie three times in the theaters because I had to show all my girlfriends <laughs> this movie, too. Um, and I know, like, now you've seen that scene so many times, maybe it doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. you, but the first time I saw that scene where she walks out and she just almost looks confused when she's just, like, deflecting bullets with her with her cuffs, and then uh, this big, like, machine gun comes at her, and she just puts her, like, yeah, her what do you call bangles it? Bangles or whatever yeah. I don't know. She puts her, no, shield. She puts or her shield, shield right, up right. and it kind of backs her up a little bit, and then Chris Pine and all his men are like, go, 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 yeah. and they all run out and back her up. That scene gives me goosebumps. It's a good yoker right there. That's, I mean, it was, by the time I was in the theaters for the third time, I was just waiting for that scene. I definitely cried the first time <laughs> when I saw it. Aww. So, yeah. Wonder Woman. <laughs> and the fact that Chris Pine didn't ever get in her way, because that's a lot of, like, female, you know, like, heroine movies, <clears throat> is that their love interest will be like, stop, you're being crazy, but instead he backs her up. He doesn't want her to do it, mm-hmm. but when he has no control over that, he just backs her. That's also really exciting. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, my second one mm-hmm. is the ending of Jaws. <laughs> when, um, you know, uh, Quince has been killed, the boat's sinking, Hooper, like, he's at the bottom of the ocean somewhere, Brody does no idea what's happening with Hooper, all he knows is the boat's sinking, he's got a few bullets left in his rifle, he's on his little perch there while the boat's sinking, and then Jaws is coming straight for him, you got the John Williams music playing, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you got... Fucking Roy Scheider acting his ass off, getting splashed and shit. Come on, show me the tank. You know he keeps doing that, <laughs> and, you, you, and then just the, how great Spielberg's filmmaking was in the beginning there, just with the cuts he makes of, of Brody sinking and the shark coming, and just like how that movie's just the ending is cut, and then ba-ching, and you, know, you smile, you son of a bit, and then, you know they cover bitch up with the explosion and <laughs> fish food everywhere, then. Fucking Roy Scheider does that yell, yeah! <laughs> he won. And I, you know, I yes. usually always do that if, like, I'm in, I'm playing uh, Call of Duty or some shit, some competitive games, and I get that last blow up thing, I'll do the Roy Scheider screams. <laughs> but anyway, that's um, a good one. Yeah. It, yeah. What's, what's really cool about that is that, that Spielberg didn't use the original ending for that, for the movie, uh, as compared to the book. Because in the book, it's, um, uh, Quint gets killed. Uh, Hooper gets killed too, mm-hmm. uh, and the movie just ends with the shark drowning, and then like there's no grandiose ending to it. So mm-hmm. Spielberg was like, "Dude," and I've actually heard this through some of the documentaries. Uh, he's like, "I've had the people and I've had the audience in the palm of my hand this whole fucking movie, and uh, I'm just not gonna let a shark drown. They, they need this. This needs to happen." Yeah. You know? Masterpiece, right? Yeah. There, that whole agreed. Five yeah. minutes of the movie. That would have been, if it had ended that way, it would not have been the very first summer blockbuster. No, not yeah. at all. Your third. 
So technically, my third is what I just said in the Dark Knight. Then you're gonna love me. Oh, okay. I always do. I get so excited when that happens. But I wanted to pick a different one. So I was thinking, what was one of the first times I ever felt that way? Like when I was a child, movies that I loved, mm. and uh, it was a tie between The Secret of Nim when she puts the necklace on and then saves her children from mm. drowning in the mud, mm. and then in Labyrinth when she eats that peach and gets confused and then she mm. finds that bag lady like all these trash right. ladies <laughs> and they start putting trash all over her and then she comes to this realization suddenly she kind of remembers toby and she goes it's all junk and yeah, everything, everything comes crashing yeah. down so <clears throat> anticlimactic i'm sorry because i'm talking about children's movies what did <laughs> i, I think about like the first time i ever had that feeling i'm was, talking about like the most violent shit ever was, <laughs> <laughs> hey so am i wonder woman she took out an entire battalion got a good point there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and my third final and these aren't like our like the Ones that yoke us up the most. I mean, these are just like three of them that yeah. really come to mind. For sure. So my third entry is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 2012 film and sequel, The Collection. Mm-hmm. I first saw this movie with you back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, the year we got married. It was the year we got married, probably after we got married, too. Um, I picked this movie because, uh, well, at that point in time, because I did enjoy The Collector, the uh, mm-hmm. previous film in this franchise. I was led to believe this was kind of like a Saw movie when it came out, um, kind of, in a way, I guess sort you could, um, but not as torture porner-y. Thankfully. Yes, thank God. Um, so I was like, all right, the collection, let's check this one out, see where they go with it, and it is very much akin, um, well, maybe not even akin, this movie, uh, the sequel to this movie really took an idea and just ran with it. Uh, This is how sequels should be made. This movie right here. With the original, you you had a single location and you had a, um, this lunatic or crazy guy or whatever you want to call him, he uh, booby traps this whole house with people in it and you have this burglar who goes to burgle this house and he finds out that he's in the middle of this guy who's pretty much setting these traps and killing this family. Mm-hmm. And he gets stuck in the middle of it and he tries to help some people get out and he ends up escaping the lunatic at the end of the movie. And But unfortunately, this lunatic ends up uh, trapping him and keeping him um, until who knows when. That's how the first movie ends. Mm-hmm. And that would have been a pretty uh, cool ending right there just to end this, this franchise, I guess. Uh, but they built on that movie. So it wasn't 
the collection just isn't a, a bare bones sequel to uh, the collector. This one really built on it. Um, you have a way higher death count in this one. Mm-hmm. It went balls out in the beginning of this film. You you have zombies in this one. You have a, 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 a mercenaries. You just have all these different elements in this movie that you didn't have in the first one. And this is what sequels should be, just like this. This is what my problem is with a lot of these movies coming out now. You have, like, um, the Child's Play movies or remakes of, like, Friday the 13th or reboots or whatever. And it's just, you're rehashing the same shit over and over and over again. And you're not really adding anything to it. Now, with this movie, you added everything to it. And it worked really well. To me, it worked really well. Yeah. I... I really like this movie a lot, and I, you know, I was like, I haven't seen it in a little while, and I got to check it out again. And I wasn't disappointed this time either. Uh, if my like my fifth viewing of this film, I think I like it more and more every time I see it yes. too. I like it doesn't start with the main character from the first film either. It starts with a whole new character, right? But when she's got a backstory, right? Too, exactly. Yeah. Well, this movie starts off with a, uh, I believe. It starts with the car crash scene first with this young girl and uh, Shooter McGavin. Right. Which... <laughs> <laughs> learn his name. What's his name? It's Chris, uh, Christopher Chris McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> this young girl, she must be like 12 years old, gets in this car accident. You don't really get to see what happens at that point in time. And then you, you're kind of uh, you're put into like a, uh, a rehash of what happened somewhat in the first movie. Um with these, like a reporter and all these different news uh, sources during the credits saying there's this killer on the loose, uh, all these horrible things that he's doing, and then he's captured this one person. They can't, they haven't been able to find it yet. And then that's when we're reintroduced again to um, Arkin, aka Josh Stewart, mm-hmm. who, um, who I, I I like this guy. Me too. I like him because he's he's not great looking and he's not bad looking. Which is great for actors. I mean, let's get more guys who just look like normal dudes into these roles. I'm all about that, man. Uh, everyday looking guys, you he's, know. But he's interesting, and he's got these buggy blue eyes. Right, that are yeah. Perfect for like looking terrified through the entire movie. Yeah. And the, yeah, and he pops up in some movies, like uh, Dark Knight Rises. He's in. He, yeah. He's a small character, uh, uh, a short. The Insidious, role. The Last Key. Yeah, he's, he's in that. He. Yeah. Um, He's in another movie by this director called, uh, I believe, Neighbor. And we had to check the that neighbor. out. The Neighbor, yeah. yeah we we had to. That looked yeah. really good. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Getting all into this dude's movies, mm-hmm. a lot of Josh Stewart movies. <laughs> <laughs> but then he did that really shitty one that we saw at Cinepocalypse called Malevolence or Malicious. Malicious. You already Malicious. forgot. <laughs> all right, yeah, because that movie was, it was unremarkable. My notes. That's it, yeah. My notes read, it's like Insidious. Nobody clapped at the end. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it was bad. It's just nothing. No, it was... Paint by numbers. It, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, then we're reintroduced to, to um, Arkin, and he... Um, you see, like, newspaper clippings of him and everything. And then that's when we're taken back to um, a scene in, like, this mansion of this one... Uh, this... I don't know. I guess she's a girl still. I, they call her a teenager um, in the synopsis of this movie, but she, I... It looks maybe like she's a little older than that. Yeah, I thought she was in college. Yeah. So it's the girl who was in the the accident with Shooter McGavin in the beginning, and now she has like a um, an earpiece in because she lost her part of her hearing and part. Of, that's what happened with the accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, her boyfriend calls her and she's like, "Hey, babe, I can't make it tonight," and she totally ditches her. 
And then her friend calls her, like, right afterward. Is like, hey, what are you up to? Let's go to this party. So they end up, her and, like, her two friends go to this party at this old, um, I guess, warehouse or whatever. I don't mm-hmm. even know what it is. It's like a rave they go to. And so these two characters that you meet in the car with her, <clears throat> you um, you kind of think that they're going to be out in this movie, like, throughout with her, you know. Right. They'll probably get killed gruesomely at some point. But, I mean, they're kind of likable characters. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, you kind of, like, you're like, all right, these are the people we're getting so far. All right, let's go on. Let's see. And then they go to this party. And, um, unfortunately for them at this rave, the collector from the first movie has set up, booby-trapped this whole warehouse. Mm-hmm. And um, the the girl in the beginning, what's her name? I always forget. What's her name? Elena. Elena. Mm-hmm. We'll start calling her Elena. Elena goes to this party and she sees that her boyfriend is there making out with like some other girl. So she gets pissed off and, and she slugs him, right? <laughs> she yes. totally just mm-hmm. slugged the dude. And um, she leaves and then she goes to like get away from the party for a while. And then she comes upon this, um, this chest <clears throat> and uh, in this chest, like she hears like rattling around, so she opens it up, and out pops off Arkin, our hero from the first movie. Which mm-hmm. he wasn't necessarily a hero at all; he was just in a situation that was really fucked up. Not a bad guy at all. He's a thief, right. but you know he's just trying to like uh, provide for his family. Yeah, he's a thief, but in the first movie, he tries to save the people he was going to rob. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> So he is released, and but upon releasing him from his uh, his trunk, um, a switch is pulled, and it turns the whole like factory that they're in into like a, a fucking lawnmower, pretty much <laughs> a combine machine that comes down and yeah. just annihilates the whole party of people <laughs> in there. And then he just like has booby traps everywhere, setting them. And, um, unfortunately, Elena's friends get killed. Uh, like, she has to watch her one friend get smushed in, like, this yeah, press man. compactor room. Yeah, oh, Only man. they didn't make it out this time. No, like, her friends. So, um, Arkin, who, who, we don't know how long he's been in this, this, uh, trunk, he's able to escape by jumping out of a window. But before then, the, uh, collector kidnaps Elena and Arkin sees Elena being kidnapped and there's really nothing he can do. Yeah. He's been locked up for who knows how long. He's weak. He's, you know, he, he wants to get the fuck out of there. And mm-hmm. that's probably the same thing I would have done. Me you know? too. <laughs> yeah. So he, he grab he actually grabs the boyfriend that's the Elena slapped. <laughs> he was, he was felled earlier by something uh, like a tripwire. So he picks up his body and jumps with it out the window and he's able to land on that body onto a car and only break his arm. Wait, but I want to believe that he was still alive. I he might have I'm been. I'm going to believe that we'll he, believe was, he was still, still alive. alive. Yeah, that sure. makes it all the more satisfying to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's able to escape and unfortunately Elena is captured. And um, then we fast forward to um, Arkin in the hospital where uh, police are questioning him about everything. Um, you know, they want to know... Uh, we really don't get to see what they want to know, but we can get the gist that they've asked him all these questions and mm-hmm. they want to know, like, what happened, where do you think this guy is, how long you're captured, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then that's when these group of mercenaries visit Arkin in the hospital because he's, you know, uh, he's under watch from the police because he is a thief, so he's probably going to get arrested for some shit later on. Right. So he has a guard on the door, but one of the guards is also, like, a mercenary, too. So um, he lets some other mercenaries in. 
so uh, because Shooter McGavin um, wants to know uh, want wants to know if his daughter's still alive. So yeah. he's holding on to hope that maybe that Arkin will be able to find Elena because he escaped before. So he might be able to track down the collector or whomever may mm-hmm. be uh, kidnapping people. So uh, he agrees, but he's like, dude, I am not going in there. I will show you where it is. It may be, might be here. I'll help you get in, but I am not going in there. And um, the leader of these mercenaries is Lee Turgenson. Not Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah, they look nothing alike, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> like these vague white guys, I think Garrett Dillahunt's taller. They look exactly the same. Right. Okay, racist. <laughs> um, so... Uh, if you don't know Lee Turgeson, he was in the uh, TV show Oz. He was Beecher in Oz, which is a pretty interesting character in that whole show because he went in there like he was, he was going to be someone's bitch no matter what. Like, and then at the end of the show, he's nuts. So he's a really <laughs> he was a really cool character in that show. And the only thing I remember him other before that was the weird science TV show oh. where he played um, Chet. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Totally yeah. different characters than what mm-hmm. he played in Oz and in Weird Science. And this is a good <clears throat> character for him, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's got some pretty decent characters mm-hmm. in him. I like Lee Turgeson. Um, he's kind of an asshole in this one because uh, he really cares about Elena a lot because he actually pulled her from the, the car accident because the car was going to explode. Uh, Shooter McGavin was tossed from the car and his leg got bucked up so he couldn't you know, um, save her, but... Luckily, he was rich and he has his own people, so he was able to, you know, save Elena, and she mm-hmm. re- remembers that, and she really kind of loves that character. Because it seems like they had a relationship while she grew up. Not just that he saved her life, but it seems like... Do you think there, there was funny business going on? No, or? no, oh. that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, like, a second father figure. Yeah, I mean, right, it's pretty yeah. clear when she will get there. When she sees him again, she's excited. Right, exactly. So it's more than just he saved her life. It seems like she grew up with him around. That's all. Exactly. No, no funny business. God. <laughs> I don't know what you're going for here. <laughs> um, so um, from there on... That's when the fun begins. The uh, all these mercenaries, there's like five or six of them. They're all kind of cocky and shitty. And they enter this place, and as soon as they do, an alarm is triggered, and the collector is like, "Oh, fuck, people are here!" And that's around the time where we see that Elena is also there too in the trunk. And then she um, looks out through like the hole in the trunk and sees the collector is like cutting cutting the tongues out of these these people he's captured and drugging them up deeply. And uh, turning them into zombies. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so this is another thing that they added to this movie that wasn't in the first one. It's it's very interesting to just put something completely crazy in this movie and to have it actually work. You know, yeah. it really worked to me. And these these uh, deranged lunatics that they are now were kind of remind me of Bioshock and the the kind of uh, the what do they call them in Bioshock the bad guys. Oh yeah, splicers. Splicers, yeah, yeah. right. They call <laughs> them, do, yeah. They right. call them, yeah, because they're kind of like that in a way. There's nuts, you know. They're wearing like these masks that are, are I don't even think they're surgically on, but they're they wear like these different masks, and mm-hmm. um, our our mercenaries come upon them early on as soon as they kind of reach the the main part of this building, which used to be, I believe, a hotel. <clears throat> and so the mercenaries go in. They're attacked by these zombies. One of them's killed by the collector right away. Because Collector don't put up with this shit. 
And uh, and then it's a whole kind of like <clears throat> cat and mouse in this whole big hospital. <clears throat> you have uh, like three different parties running around at the same time. You have the um, the Arkin who is with these mercenaries but was forced to go in there at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. He escapes from them and tries to like find his way out or find Elena <clears throat> or anything just to get away yeah, and just get out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. And then you have our mercenaries going through this and then you also have uh, Elena trying to make her way out too. So it's, you're not just stuck on one person throughout the whole time. Like you were kind of with the first movie. With here you're branching right. out with three different groups of people. Mm-hmm. And they happen upon some other characters in there. Um, there's like a, a one one of the collector's victims who's been held captive there for who knows how long um, is kind of like a, a really wants to impress the collector. She's just got thinking some serious stuff issues. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Uh, she's probably been drugged a lot too, yeah. and she's really fucked up. We get to meet her, um, and then uh, some more zombies and stuff, and and it just really just. It becomes like a like a, a death house in a way, where people just getting knocked off, like like a saw movie, but with not it exactly being torture, more there's, of like death traps. Right. There's some torture, <clears throat> but not an excessive. Amount. No, it's not. It's not yeah. necessarily gratuitous. Yeah. So, um, and then from there on, you know, everybody, all your different characters are getting knocked off. Your arcing character. Um, is kind of on the fence of, of saving people as opposed to just getting out himself until kind of the end where it isn't about getting himself out and it isn't really about him getting Elena out of this predicament. It's about him stopping the Collector from mm-hmm. doing this over and over again. So it's a pretty cool character arc for him. Especially you see him as like this kind of somewhat frail dude. Uh, he's a thief. And he's like putting these situations throughout the first movie into this movie to where he's at a disadvantage constantly. And now he is in power and at, towards the end of this movie and he's able to fight back against the Collector. <coughs> so um, from there on, um, you know, everything goes to hell. Um, there's uh, Arkin's redemption. Uh, our, our character of Elena makes it out. All the other mercenaries get killed. Uh, you can, this is a movie you kind of got to see for yourself, all the cool stuff happening. I really yeah. don't want to just explain it all to you. I do it, think it's <clears> very cool. Well, I just want to add that at the end, Arkin is ready to kind of sacrifice himself and die in the fire. Mm-hmm. And she saves him, which I think is a really cool moment. That's my yoked up moment right oh, there that I okay. didn't mention. Because yeah. at the end of the movie, um, everyone's dead. The cops are all there. You know, they um, Arkin actually had a good moment in this movie where he's, where he's thinking uh, smartly. Um, they're like uh, in this derelict hotel in the middle of nowhere and they're able to get to like a window at some point and they see a couple of uh, bombs out like around like a uh, like a flaming garbage can like you see in every yeah. like movie <laughs> bombs love flaming garbage cans <laughs> so he gets the idea okay, okay I'm gonna shoot this guy so he shoots one of the bums uh, the police come because you know the bum got shot and then he mm-hmm. shoots at the police and like oh fuck and then the, you know the police you know come to the the hospital because they know where the shot came from and that's where everything starts to go downhill because you know mm-hmm. the uh the collector starts putting all the the hazards and everything and ready to explode and he has you know he has he has this he he, he turns the switch on for everything to, to pretty much blow up so he can get away scot-free mm-hmm. um but yeah that was my favorite part um that's my yoked up moment is when 
you know, he, uh, Arkin defeats the Collector, knocks him down like this dumbwaiter to, like, a pit of bodies and, and zombies and fire and stuff. Um, so you think, like, the Collector died in that, but of course he doesn't. Um, and then, and during this whole scene at the end, you know, the police are about to break through the door and Elena's gonna get out, she's right by the door, and, um, Arkin's about to make his way towards her, then everything catches on fire around him. And you're just, I mean, you've followed this guy through two movies now where nothing has gone his way. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're like, and you're, you're like, okay, you, you've, you're like, all right, fine, he's going to die. I'm cool with that. You know, this is, this is his character. I'm, okay, cool. But then Elena goes, um, well, in this main part of this, of this hospital, the collector has these big water tubes filled with these human bodies that have been replicated to look like insects. Because he collects insects. Right. Uh, she smashes these big tanks of water, which put out the fire for a little while, so that Arkin can get out. Because and that, that's the part where I'm yoked up. Because yeah. like, I'm thinking she's going to leave him there, but she's the, brave, she's the bravest one in this movie mm-hmm. from the very beginning. So she ends up smashing those tanks and gets him out. And that's just a good, like, yes yeah. moment. So we're... Great, these characters, you know, he left her in the beginning of the movie, and it's her ending up saving him at the end. And you're just like, great, all right, great. This guy has gone through a lot of shit at the end, and now finally he can, like, you know, just live. (laughs) He can can survive for once, you know? My favorite line, because you mentioned that she's the brave one, and she, I mean, he is too, but you said that she's the brave one. She Mm -hmm. definitely is. When uh, they meet that Stockholm Syndrome girl... And she, she says something like, oh, did he let you out? And she just immediately says, he didn't let me out. I got out. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that's, my, that's my part. And that's my favorite part of the movie right there, too. It's just the music playing and, the, and how it's filmed and everything. This mm-hmm. is a really good movie. Yeah. It's, it's better than the, the first one. This is one of those where the sequel is, is way better than the first Agreed. one. Agreed. Although uh, I like the first one. Yeah, I like yeah. the first one, too. But that's... To me, that's Alien and Aliens. I yeah. like Alien. Mm-hmm. Alien's a great horror movie, but Aliens is the shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aliens is the shit. Um, so yeah, that's this is the Aliens to that movie. Now, I read today, while going through IMD, IMDb, that there is going to be a third movie. Which is uh, not surprising, because we didn't actually talk about the end, end of, of this, this movie. End of this movie just yet. Yeah. But uh, it's called The Collected. Or that's a working title, and uh, I believe Elena and Arkin are going to be in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie ends it the way, and I believe it should end right here at this second movie. I'm not really looking forward to this third one. I think this second one ended perfectly. Um, our main characters got out. Um, the collector got away, you think. The building blows up, and then we get a scene at the end of this guy... Um, we don't get to see his face ever still, just like the collector. <clears throat> Walks into his normal house, turns on the radio, and <clears throat> Arkin is waiting for him there. And Arkin traps him in the box. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the movie. That's perfect. Because he had done research on entomologists. Because, yeah. yeah, the collector was way into bugs. Mm-hmm. So he did his research on entomology and found, like, uh, in the 200 mile radius of where all this happened you looked at all the entomologists and found him yeah so yeah that's that was a perfect way to end this movie and to end the series I, and not everything has to be a trilogy 
they need to stop doing that. The way this movie ended, to me, was perfect. Um, <clears throat> if you've seen this movie before, please let me know if you feel differently about it, but that's that's pretty much how I feel about it. How about you? Well, <clears throat> I think this is... I'm interested to see The Collected, especially since we just watched The Dark Knight. <laughs> I started <laughs> thinking you can either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and I think that's what The Collected is going to be. Well, if they do it that way, then yeah. yeah. I, well... Then I can eat shit on this one then too. Because if they go in a, another direction for this third one, then I'm in. But if it's just going to be a rehash, then no. But hey, if they did to this movie what they did to the second, mm-hmm. I'm in. But other than that, I think this movie ended perfectly. Me too. <clears throat> uh, there are 60 deaths or 60 kills Is on that screen. It? On screen. I, I can <laughs> say that uh, there's a lot more in the beginning with this fucking turbine of a, a, of a lawnmower. Rave gets- yeah, crushed. Yeah, but you only get turbine. to see a certain amount get killed by that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's sixty. Uh, seven breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, None of them sexy. All dead. All right? dead breasts. Oh no, there was sexy breasts in it. There was there was two women making out. Topless. Oh yeah, that's right. And that was yeah. sexy, but the other three. One of them was like a uh, only one, and it was like on a, a slab. Yeah. And the other one, other two. <laughs> the other two were in a tank. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Water boobs. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a, what's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part. I really like when the, the combine just starts taking <laughs> that's a, them all out. That beginning that's is something awesome. else, isn't it? Yeah. That, that, that is really how you just kickstart a movie like yeah. this, man. That is how you do it. And they did it. And they yeah. went for it. Yeah, that's a great scene. He didn't let me out. I got out. I love that part. That that. Obviously, the end when she saves him. Right. That part. Yeah. I was all yoked up on that um, one. Yeah. And I think the part where they're trapped in a cage and they can't reach the yes. latch. <clears throat> that and is... so he has her re-break his arm yep. so and, he can reach it. And yeah. the cool part is, is that that mercenary that was with him at that time before she gets killed didn't want to do it. But yet the bravest person yeah. here does it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, great movie. Um, I'm going to give this an A. It was a great solid A for this film. Yeah, me too. So your favorite part is still the end. It's still the yeah. ending where mm-hmm. she breaks the tanks and gets them out. That, yeah. that part's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is a definite checkout. Um, mm-hmm. This is an amazing film. Uh, it didn't do very well at the box office, and I don't think too many people have seen it. We they, didn't even see it in the theaters, no, did we? No, mm-hmm. I won't. I don't think I, I think it didn't do very well. So, and I don't think it, the promotion wise, and plus around that time too, I don't think I watched TV as much either. And I think that was right around the starting point where mm. we didn't watch TV anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get to see trailers on right. CBS or whatever. That's you know? probably true. So yeah, this is this definite a definitely check this one out. This is this is a great horror movie. And see the first one, too. Yes. But you don't necessarily have to. No, you don't have yeah. to. It would really help. It would help out with this one, just yeah. with the character, Josh Stewart's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope this guy gets keeps getting good roles. Um, yeah. He kind of looks like a like a dopey kind of dude, like stoner kind of eyes a little bit. It was interesting to see him be evil in Insidious The Last yeah. Day. Yeah. I I couldn't really picture that of him, but he does a really good job. Yeah, he does. Being he does. He's, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, that about does it for us this week. We mm-hmm. will be back next week, probably a little bit early, uh, but we will be back. And uh, that's about it. Anything else you want to add? No. Nope. No. 
Check us out. We're on iTunes, <clears throat> Google Play, SoundCloud, all sorts of stuff. Find us, Google us yeah, somewhere. Yeah, please. Check us out. Cinepocalypse <clears throat> uh, coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. Joe Bob will be there. <laughs> can't fucking wait for I that. I can't wait to watch you meet Joe Bob. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> him and Michael Ironside. I'm going to meet... I'm, Fucking meeting both of them, yeah, man. Yeah, actually, that one's going to be funnier. Because where I bet Joe Bob Briggs is going to be really congenial to everybody, I'm sure Michael Ironside's going to be too, but. That dude's fucking scary, man. Intimidating about him, yeah. I think oh. he's going to scare everyone he meets. He's going to look at me and be like, oh, great, he's going to scan me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>